Genesis 23. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham, Abraham went into, into mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And Abraham rose up from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner and a foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place, that I may bury my dead out of my sight. The Hittites answered Abraham, Hear us, my Lord, you are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of your tombs, of our tombs. None of us will withhold from you his tomb to hinder you from burying your dead. Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land. And he said to them, if you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat for me Ephron of the son of Zohar, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he owns. It is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give, to me in your give it to me in your presence as property for a burying place. Now Ephron was sitting among the Hittites, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites, of all who went in at the gate of his city. No, my Lord, hear me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. In the sight of sons of my people, I give it to you. Bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land, and he said to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, But if you will hear me, I give the price of the field. Accept it from me, that I may bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, My lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham listened to Ephron, and Abraham weighed out for Ephron, for Ephron the silver that he had named in the hearing of the Hittites. Four hundred shekels of silver, according to the weights current among the merchants. So the field of Ephron and Mechpelah, which was to the east of Mamre, the field with the cave that was in it, and all the trees that were in the field throughout its whole area, was made over to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites, before all who went in at the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, east of Mamre, that is, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field and the cave that is in it were made over to Abraham as property for, buying, for a burying place by the Hittites. So, I, like, I don't use the word sojourner a lot. In, in the Bible, we hear the word sojourner mentioned several times. Abraham today is talking about being a sojourner. And, and I, the closest thing I could kind of associate the feeling of being a sojourner with feeling, being like this feeling that you're out of place. So, have, 
maybe you felt out of place before. Maybe it's like elementary or middle school or high school. You felt out of place. Maybe it was you didn't have like a, a solid friend group in college. Or, or, maybe, or maybe you've just kind of felt out of place sometimes in different social situations that you've been to where maybe you were invited to an event and you didn't have anybody that you knew and you just kind of stood there and smiled and hoped that somebody would talk. Like you felt... Like, hey, I don't know that I necessarily belong in this current location, and I'm left feeling a little bit uncomfortable because, because I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to be doing here. I don't know why it is that I'm here. And I could, and I could see that, and that, that feeling of feeling isolated and just kind of left without understanding of who to talk to, what to say, how to behave um, that sort of thing. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot, oftentimes where we walk into a new situation and you don't know, you know, what's the protocol? How am I supposed to talk? Like, if, if you're, if you're going to go meet, I don't know, if you're going to go meet the president or the queen, do you understand everything that you're supposed to do? Like, are you supposed to walk up and give the queen, like, a bro hug? Is that... Is that okay? Is that not okay? I tend to think it's probably not, but you're going to be kind of uncomfortable. Like, I don't know what, how to behave. I don't know how to write. I don't know what to do with my hands right now, right? Like, I'm uncomfortable and I feel out of place. And I wonder sometimes if Abraham had continued to feel that way um, because, because he had, and, and this was amazing to me, he really didn't have roots set down in Canaan after God had called him out. After God had said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you somewhere, he still was kind of left living as a sojourner. He still wasn't one of the people. He still had his family living in tents out in the middle of this place among all these other people that were not his family and that he was not related to. But God had said, I'm going to take you and I'm going to send you here. And you're going to continue to live as a sojourner in this place. And he's lived his whole life. As we've seen this, it's been, it's been 60 plus years since Abraham was originally called out of, his, out of his home, out to leave his family and his father's home and go to the place that God would show him. Right? It, it's been 60 years since that. And Abraham still doesn't really have roots set down. And so he's been going through all of this in his life. He's been, he's been going through all these different Difficult times and, and hard asks that God has given to him and lots of waiting, you know, waiting for God to be faithful to answer his promises and waiting for God to give him a son and waiting for God to do all of these things. He's, he's lived his whole life. He's lived now, we're seeing he's lived his whole marriage out over these 60 years to the point that Sarah has now passed away and it's time for him to find a place to bury her, which, which societally is going to be very important because that's going to kind of establish this is the place where my family rests. This is the place where we are. And, and, and Abraham is still living as an outsider among these people and does not yet have a place to even bury his wife after she has passed away. And it's going to be important for us to see all this because, because it's important that Abraham is now going to get to buy a piece of land, have legal claim to an area of land in this region that God has called him to. I mean, I'm just going to reread Genesis 12, 1 and 2. This is the original calling of Abraham. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your, front, and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Like the original call was, I'm going to send you somewhere. 
And, and it's not until after Sarah has passed away, 60 years after this original promise, that Abraham is finally going to have some sort of legal claim to the land that he's been called back to. This is the point where Abraham is going to be establishing Israel's future claim to this land. This is, this is where it, like the legal transaction, like God actually starts to fulfill this part of the promise. That I'm going I'm to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you a, a home, a place to go. But up until this point, Abraham really had just been wandering, not belonging in the place that he was living. And so, and so it's important that all of this stuff would transpire. It's, you know, it's easy to look at, man, this is a sad time, and man, he is in mourning over the loss of his wife, and wow, all of this stuff is having to be kind of juggled around and dealt with. And, and perhaps you've lost a loved one, and you know the feeling of all the, the things that you have to kind of juggle, all the different things that you have to balance to kind of take care of all of the different affairs that you have to work out when somebody passes away. And, and, it's, and it's a hard time to do that because you've lost somebody and you're in mourning and you're sad over that, but also there are these things that you have to accomplish. And, and in this moment, Abraham's just like, I just, I just want a place to bury my wife, right? And he goes to the people and he says, you know, can you provide me a place that I can, I can bury my wife? Because I'm a sojourner. I'm a foreigner among you. Like this is, I don't have any legal claim. I don't own any property. I've just been visiting for the last 60 years. Do you have anything that you could, that you could offer me that I can, I can buy from you that I can bury my wife? And, and, and the people come to him and they say, and, and I think this is amazing. They say, you are a prince of God among us. Like they, they have seen who he is. Even though he has lived as a foreigner among them, they know Abraham and they know of his faith and they know of his his intent to, to follow God and obey the creator of the universe and the God who's made all of these promises to him. But even though he's still a sojourner, his life is one that had garnered the respect of the people that he had been living among. And that's going to be important for us here in just a second because, because he'd been living among these people, but he hadn't been living a sep totally separate life from the people that he had been around. They obviously had gotten to know him. They, they saw who he was and they saw how it was that he lived his life and they saw the, the things that he did and they understood the things that he believed. Even if they did not necessarily um, believe in all of the same things that he did, they were able to say, we know that you are a man of God, we know that you are a man of faith, and we know that this is something that we, out of respect for you, like his reputation was such that they were willing to just give him any piece of land that they could. Because they so respected who Abraham was, even though he had been living among them and not living as one of them. And I think that's, that's important because, because we're going to talk about this kind of the rest of the way, is that that's kind of similar to our situation as the church in the world that we live in, in that, in that we live here, but we are not of this world anymore. We are, we are the people of God living in a place that we do not necessarily belong we're living in a place that is broken and separated from God by sin. And yet we are a people who've been restored to God through His grace. But, but He's lived in such a way that, that He has this positive reputation that they're trying to just give Him whatever piece of land that He wants. And it is important to Abraham that he buy this piece of land. And, and I love this back and forth. And he's like, can I buy the land? He's like, no, I just want to give it to you. And he's like, but I want to buy it. And he's like, here, just take it. 
He's like, but how much is it worth? It's worth 400 shekels. But what does that even matter? He's like, okay, I'm going to pay you for this. And then it makes the point to say, and that was what the last verses were talking about. The field and the cave that were in it were made over to Abraham as property. Like, it was a legal transaction that took place. If anybody came and tried to lay claim to that land, Abraham legally owned that piece of ground. If they had just, just, just donated it to him and there was no paperwork that laid it out, there's a, there's a chance that the Canaanites could have come back and said, this isn't even your land, you don't have any claim to it. But, by virtue of Abraham having a deed to this piece of land so that he could go and bury Sarah, the promise of God that I'm going to send you to this place and I'm going to establish a nation in this location is being fulfilled even in this moment. So, so it's easy to read this story and be like, man, what's going on here? Why, why do we need to see this whole kind of real estate transaction? Why is that helpful to us? But it's one more reminder that God is answering all of these promises that he's made to Abraham. He's made these promises about making him a, a nation and giving him a family and giving him descendants. And we've seen that played out in, in Isaac. And we've, and we've seen now that God is taking Abraham and saying, I'm giving you a physical home. This is now your place. He's, at this point, he's no longer a sojourner. He's no longer a wanderer. He owns that piece of land. He's established his family here. And we're going to see throughout future generations that they're going to look back to where Abraham buried Sarah as this is the place that we go back to. This is now our home. His descendants look back to this as the place that God has set aside for them. Years later, when Israel is in captivity in Egypt, they know where their home is supposed to be. It's where their father Abraham had bought this piece of land so that he could bury Sarah. And so God, even in this moment, is establishing and reminding us that, yes, I am fulfilling my promise. I have a place for you to call home. Even though you feel like a wanderer right now, even though you are a sojourner now, there is a place that is home that I am establishing for you. And I am going to fulfill all of these promises that I've made through them. But I just love the relationship that Abraham has with the Hittites, right? Because he, he's not one of them, but yet they desire to bless him. They desire to serve him. They desire to love him. And, and I think it, it, is, it is a worthwhile question for us to ask as a society, how is it that we treat sojourners, wanderers, people who do not have a home, people who, who maybe are lost and forgotten and do not have a place to call home? How, how is it that we, as the church, love and support those who maybe feel like they are outcasts or that they have no place to go, that they are wandering and that they do not belong? God cares very deeply for the sojourner. He cares very deeply for the wanderer. Exodus 22:21 says, You shall not wrong a sojourner or oppress him, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. And that's, and that's referencing how even after they laid claim to this piece of land, even after that, God is going to pull them out. He's going to send them into captivity. He's going to call them away from that. And they're going to be wandering even again. And, and Israel's history is one of being in their home and being taken out. And being in their home and being taken out. For various reasons along the way. But, but at no point should the nation of Israel, which we've talked about as a picture of who we are as the church now, at no point should they be so detached from the idea of wandering hopelessly that they don't appreciate the foundation and the home and the family that God provides for them. And that should be true of us. 
Because, because at the same time, we should be the ones who are on the front lines in the way that we love the neglected, the alone, the forgotten, because, because of God's love for the lost and the wandering, because we are those who do not belong, and we are those who were lost and did not belong. 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 9-12, through 12, says, and this is talking of the church, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul, keeping your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. I think this is a beautiful picture of kind of how Abraham had been living, that they had seen who he was, even though they were not him, and even though he was not among them as one of them. They saw who he was and even gave glory to God in that you are a prince of God. This is what they called him. They recognized who he was and his faith in God. But, but look at this picture of the church as a whole. Even, even when we are called into this family as the church, even when God gives us a place of belonging as believers, we continue to be wanderers and sojourners in a world that is broken and is not restored and reconciled to God. So, so at no point have we ever stopped understanding what it feels like to be a wanderer, to be a sojourner. And maybe, and maybe you have felt this way as a believer, as a part of the body of Christ. Maybe it's in your workplace. Maybe it's in school. Maybe it's among your, your circle of friends. Maybe it's, maybe, it's in a play, maybe it's even within the church sometimes where you felt like, I don't feel like something is right. Something isn't fitting just the way I think it's supposed to. Something feels off. We shouldn't feel detached from those feelings because we were at one time wandering aimlessly without God. But even now, now that we've been made the people of God, even now that we've been made this family, even now that we've been knitted together and tied together and made into the body of Christ, even now that we live life together, we are still wandering through a world that is broken and without Him, and we should not feel like we belong. That should not feel normal. If you feel like you do not belong in this world, in the society in which we live, according to Peter, that makes sense. But that shouldn't paralyze us, right? That's what he's saying. He's like, you're wandering and don't, and yes, you've been wandering for a while. You should not fit because now you've been called out of the darkness and into the marvelous light, right? You've been called out of that life and you've been given a new set of, of hopes and passions and desires and a new love for your creator. All of these things are true of us now but, but just because we've been called together does not mean that, that the sin is not still present in our world and it's not still a broken place. And no, we aren't going to feel like we belong. And so sometimes that is going to weigh on us. And, and maybe that sometimes weighs on you. Maybe sometimes you feel like, man, I just feel like I don't have a place that I feel like I fit perfectly. Man, I just always feel a little bit out of place. Man, I just always feel a little bit uncomfortable. 
And I just want to encourage us as the church, and I say us because that's me too, because it is so tempting to want to try to alleviate the discomfort of wandering aimlessly and to feel like we fit in, right? And, and, to, and, to, and he says very specifically in here, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Like you're going to be tempted to run toward the thing that makes you feel more comfortable. And that might be a different thing for each one of us. I don't know what it is that pulls you away from the church or what pulls you away from carrying out the call to take the gospel and to make new disciples. I don't know what it is that tempts you to run towards some level of comfort, something that's going to relieve you of the discomfort of feeling like you're wandering alone sometimes in a broken world. But he's saying, don't run after those things. Hold on tight to the fact that you've received the mercy of God. You've been given a family. No, you still don't belong in this this broken and sinful world. Yes, there is still a whole lot of separation from God that is all around you. And yes, you are going to feel like you do not belong in this place that you are. But... I've called you together. I've made you this people of God, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, right? He's made us a people. He's saying once you hadn't received mercy, but now you had received mercy. We read a couple of weeks ago in Ephesians chapter 2, and it's talking about, you know, two different nations, the Gentiles and the nation of Israel coming together and becoming one family, Like before, you were just called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, right? And he's saying, but now you are being made into one family. You are being knit together because of the grace of Jesus and what Jesus has accomplished on the cross on your behalf. And so when we look at this and we see see God answering Abraham's promise that he had been made that he'd made to him 60 years before i'm going to give you a place i'm going to give you a home i'm going to make you a nation and 60 years later we see abraham having that established where he's buying this piece of land so that he can bury sarah and we kind of are turning the page on abraham's story because because as of as of next week we're, we're, we're diving into isaac's life but in this moment as we're turning this page we're seeing this promise fulfilled and we're seeing this picture of Abraham being given a home, being given a place. We are given a home. We are given a place when we are saved. Yes, we've been wandering aimlessly, and yes, we've had no place to be, and we're broken and separated from God. But but when he calls us together, when he saves us, when we see his grace realized in our lives, and we're knit together as a family, we're given a place. We're we're, we're being given that holy nation. We We are now the nation, right? When he calls us together, we are just like the nation of Israel was given a home, a physical place to come together, we're given each other. We're given the church. We're given our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so even though outside of the church we may feel like we don't belong, and that's a good thing because we are different from the world. We've been called out of the world. We've been given a new life. We've been given a new set of hopes. We've been given a new set of desires. We have this new hope found in Christ, and we have this new nation that we've been given to in the church. And so the thing that I kind of want us to land on uh, this week, as, we're, as we've seen in Abraham's life, that, that ultimately God gives us a place of belonging. He gives us a place to kind of set down and plant roots and, and grow. That's what the church is for us. 
It is kind of our safe home. It is our home base. It is the place that we, we come back to when we feel like we don't belong and we should find belonging and, and home here. And if we aren't a people as a church that make people who are our brothers and sisters in Christ feel like they are at home and that they are safe and that they have belonging, if we, if we treat even each other as sojourners and wanderers and, and when we're left feeling left out, then we've missed the point. We've missed what it is that we're called to be. We're not, we're not living like a, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're not living like one people. We're still living like a bunch of sojourners who have not, who have not like united and set down roots and become one. And so I want us to, to look at, at, at ourselves and I want us to examine how is it that we treat those, A, who don't belong. Because, because everybody who ever walks in here at one point has been a sojourner and is wandering aimlessly and has no hope. And so how, are, how, are, how is it that we love those people who are wandering and feel as though they don't belong? And, and then to those of us who are saved and added to the church, how is it that we love one another and give each other a sense of belonging and purpose in our lives together as the church? How do, we, how do we surround one another and make each other feel you know, valued? And, and the way that we do that is going to be reflective of what Christ has done in our lives so that people, the evildoers, may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Because that's the point. Like The way that we love one another, the way that we make people feel like they belong, like they aren't wandering aimlessly anymore because they found this family is the way that we are going to share the gospel with the world because we live our lives in a different way that stands out because we live in a world that is so broken and separated from God and does not know what true belonging should look like or feel like. So let's examine our own hearts, ask how it is that we, we love those who are wandering among us and, and ask how it is that we unite well together to, to give a place of safety and security and hope and belonging to one another. Let's pray.